I'm going to read one verse. I want to read one verse, Daniel chapter 10. If you can get it really quickly, I'll introduce it and I'll get out of your way. Daniel chapter 10, verse number 12. Daniel chapter 10, verse number 12. If it's the custom of standing for the word of God in this house, will you stand with me? Daniel chapter 10, verse number 12. When you have it, say, I have the bread. Then said he unto me, Fear not, Daniel, for from the first day that thou didst set thine heart to understand and to chasten thyself before thy God, thy words were heard, and I am come for thy words. I want you to share this with the person beside you and you can be seated and I won't ask you to stand until we close. Look at the person beside you and tell them God heard you the first time. Look at somebody in your section. Ask him, did you hear what I said? Ask him, did you hear what I just said? Tell him, you haven't seen it yet. But God heard you the the first time. Oftentimes when we when we talk about prayer we use scriptures like Matthew chapter 7 and verse 7 where it says ask and it shall be given seek and you shall find knock and the door shall be open unto you you know and I hold fast to that scripture where he says call unto me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things Thou knowest not. But in our discussions of theology, we needed a, a conversation surrounding the theology of unanswered prayers. Because what happens when you ask and don't look like it's not given? Or you seek and you feel like you can't find? Or you're standing at a door knocking and wondering, is God at home? <laughs> What about that in-between where it seems like you're not getting any response? Well, there's a few reasons why I believe we don't get our prayers answered. For all of my note takers, number one, the truth is some of us don't know how to pray. It's possible to grow up in church and have a master's in church culture, but funk at a connection with God. You'll be surprised how many people have adopted spiritual vernacular without really understanding what it means. Like the word anointing. A, a lot of times people define the word anointing and they make it synonymous with style. Like if someone is really loud, that means they're anointed. If they give you goosebumps, they're anointed. But the anointing is not a style, which God can use your style. But your style don't have a monopoly on the anointing. And because of that, 
people end up mimicking style trying to receive the oil. But the oil won't show up until you show up. I'm not talking about the person you supposed to be. I'm talking about the person that you really are. And I found out that so many people don't know how to pray. They don't know how to bring themselves before the Lord. Honest conversation and dialogue with God. You know, uh, if you read Matthew chapter 6 verse 9, the disciples are asking a question and they're making a request that our church generation don't request. This generation says, Lord, teach us how to prophesy. Teach us how to preach. How, I've never seen so many classes on the prophetic, on the apostolic. It, uh, mentorship for all things church. But the disciples did not say, Lord, teach us how to play. They said, teach us how to pray. I want you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I don't want to waste time in prayer. The Bible says the fervent effectual prayers. Uh oh, y'all talk to me here. Of the righteous avail it much so I believe the reason why sometimes we have unanswered prayers because we're praying in the wrong direction we are praying to the God that we've created instead of the God that created us really quickly number two why do I believe that some of our prayers are unanswered it's because people pray amiss it's a King James Version word, amiss. In other words, praying and missing it. <laughs> uh, well, as long as you're sincere, uh uh. Being sincere is not a definite posture that would get your prayers answered. Because you can be sincere and wrong. Good intentions don't mean you're righteous. Well, it's in my heart. Well, your heart is wicked. Your heart is deceitful. Your heart is manipulative. Now, some of y'all looking at me a little strange when I say that, but let me bring it to modern day English version for you. Have your heart ever tricked you? Has your heart ever tricked? Have you ever, has your heart ever attached to something or someone that set you up for failure? Tell your neighbor, don't you follow your heart. Tell them, follow God. Many people end up praying soulish prayers. Prayers out of your soulish realm. Glory be to God. Where you're praying for a man that's already married to somebody else. Don't y'all leave. Don't run because if you, you want to expose yourself, don't leave. Soulish prayers. Where you're, where, you're help, where you're praying failure over somebody else just so you can look good. And what some people call prayer warriors are really witches and warlocks. You hoping God expose somebody. No, 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 no. When you're a real prayer warrior, you know how to pray mercy over people. You know how to pray grace over people. Because the Bible said, take heed lest you fall. I need you to look at your neighbor and tell your neighbor, I don't want nothing bad to happen to anybody. I don't even want my enemies punished. I want my enemies converted. Soulish prayers. 
You, you just wait, just wait. You watch what happened to them. Yeah, yeah, what? Soulish prayers. And we're wondering why the prayers haven't been answered. Because you're praying out of the wrong space. Mm. God is not committed. God is not committed to your comfort as much as he's committed to his glory. Yes. And many of us are disappointed that God has not brought to pass what we said God said. I'm going to say it a little slower. Many of us are disappointed because God has not brought to pass what we said God said. Well, Bishop, you said and the scripture says he'll give me the desires of my heart. Yes, that's what the B clause of the verse says. Psalm 37 verse 4. I hope y'all don't leave me out here. I hope I'm not boring you with this. Psalm 37 verse 4 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will do what? Give you the desires of your heart. The prerequisite to the desires of your heart being fulfilled is first you got to delight yourself. Why does he tell us to delight ourselves first? Because God knows if we ever delight ourselves in him, some of our desires are going to change. Because some of the things you think you want, you don't need. Some things we're desiring out of our broken place. My God. Some of us are desiring stuff out of our dysfunction. But if you ever get whole, I want my whole self to choose for me. Mm. Delight yourself and he'll give you the desires of your heart. Because prayer is not just you giving God instructions. But it's being open to what God wants for your life. You know, it's, it's not, Lord, all right, Lord, do this, do this, do this, do this. No, at some point in your time of prayer, you got to shut up. I mean, at that times you got to get still. See, some of you, some of you are afraid of silence. Some of you need the TV on and the radio on. Some of y'all need somebody talking on the phone and the phone and the TV just as loud as the phone. But tell somebody, I'm good with silence. If you ever get quiet, you're going to hear God. You're going from person to person to person trying to get a word trying to figure out God's idea for you looking for a confirmation about something that you already want to do but that will come moments where you need to sit in your driveway and sit in the car before the babies start pulling on you before people start asking you to do something and say Lord speak to me because I'm not willing to waste another three years of my life I come to preach to about 50 people in this room God says if you hear me in the next 72 hours I'm going to call you to make up the lost time he said I'm going to restore hey, I'm going to restore unto you the years that you lost somebody open up your mouth and shout time is coming back time opportunities that you missed in 2020 God says I'm bringing it back to you it ain't Lord here's my faith Give me what I want. It's Lord, here's my faith. Sustain me in what you want. Because your will is good. Your will is perfect. Hey, your will is acceptable. I need somebody to lift up your hands and say, Lord, choose for me. 
the last time I chose for myself I messed myself up I want you to choose the job for me choose the church for me choose the out yeah I'm just that deep choose the outfit for me tell me who should be my friends and who should be my associates Lord I'm in a place in my life I don't want to fall in love because the last time I fell in love I hurt myself this time you choose for me and let me stand up in it I want to be sober I got 12 minutes. Number three. Why are some of our prayers not answered? Because we're not in a place to hear it. It's possible that God could be speaking and you're not in a posture to hear. No, no. I believe that God is speaking all the time. The scripture says, he that have an ear, just because you got ears don't mean you're hearing. Just because you're in church don't mean you're getting this. He that have an ear, let him hear what the spirit is saying. Send the word down your tell him God is always talking. God is always, you don't, you don't have to be a prophet, you don't have to be a preacher, you don't have to be a bishop, you are a son, you are a daughter, and God is always talking. When God wants to speak to you, he'll use a TV commercial, he'll use your five-year-old child. When God wants to get a message to you, he'll let somebody break up with you and they don't even know why. When God, when God wants to get a message to you, you'll go to your job and they will let you go when God wants to speak to you. He'll use everything around you. A bumper sticker on the car that's in front of you at a light. God will use everything. But you have to be postured. You have to be positioned to hear God. Because we got so much noise around us. So many images coming into our eye gates that's causing the highway of our thought pattern to be so busy and so so stocked up and stacked up that when God is speaking, we can't hear him. But if you ever want to really be postured to hear from God, uh, if you ever want to really sharpen your ears, if you ever want to amplify God's voice in your life, you got to do something. And I know you ain't got to buy my book to get this. I'm just going to give it to you simple. There's no class for this. It's just simple. If you ever want to hear God clearly, hallelujah, man, you got to learn how to take your plate and turn it over. Oh, you got to turn your TV off. You got to log out of Facebook and Instagram. See, uh, y'all didn't want that, did you? See, you you wanted a 10-step program. The Bible says if you ever dealing with a system that you cannot break, if you're dealing with habits and demonic cycles, if you want to cast the devil out, this kind goeth out only through prayer and fasting.
It ain't your title that's going to do it. Scream at somebody, tell them, you got to fast. You got to fast. You got to learn how to get on your face and let the tears come again. Oh, my God. If you really want to see something move, if there's a generational curse in your bloodline, turn your plate over. Stop running your mouth. Hallelujah. You got a wayward child. You can't beat the devil out of a child. But if you turn your plate over, oh, I know it's old school. Get you a bottle of blessed oil. Oil and start putting it on the doorknobs and say, You at my night. I don't care what time you come in the house tonight. If you walk through these doors, you gotta touch the oil. Hallelujah. I'm talking to somebody who knows the power of praying and fasting. Hey. Praying and fasting is the posture of the serious. Because you can fake shouting. You can mimic tongues. But if you ever get serious, you got to drive past Dunkin' Donuts and Starbucks. When you, if you don't believe the devil is real, decide you're going to fast tomorrow. And people at your job that don't like you will try to buy your lunch. They don't ever bring donuts to work. And all of a sudden, they bringing donuts now. How many mornings you don't ever eat breakfast because you're running so quickly and it ain't till lunchtime that you realize, you know what? I didn't even eat breakfast this morning. But if you decide you're going to fast in the morning, you're going to wake up in the morning with desires of pancakes, with blueberries and maple cider bacon. Y'all talk to me in here. If you want to, the devil don't want you to fast. He don't mind you just being churchy. But if you ever get serious for God, if you ever want to save your marriage, if you ever want to see your children delivered, you got to fast and pray. You got to fast and pray. So I don't care how much I travel all over this world. I don't care how much I travel. I don't care who called me. There's a time that I will not leave. I lock in our church in September and fast and pray. Oh, yes. We go in there. We lay at the altar. We, we spend the night at the church. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And I know, I know we are progressing. And I'm thankful for the technology that we have in our churches. I thank God for electronic giving and screens and, and lights and praise dances and Christian rappers and all of that. I thank God for that. But let me tell you something. There's a foundation that we can't move from. Hey, hallelujah. I said, there's a foundation. You can't manipulate this. I don't care how close you get to people and try to rub shoulders with who's who. If you want power with God, you got to get serious. Hallelujah. If you really want to walk in victory, it's either do you want to look strong or do you want to be strong hallelujah I need you to pull on somebody tell them I want to be serious with God I want power with God because we're dealing with demons and devils that's running running havoc in our households and God is looking for some soldiers you treat this like a nursery this is not a nursery this is a military I'm not angry I'm just passionate Jesus Jesus why we couldn't cast that demon out I mean we in church all the time why we couldn't cast it out Jesus says oh oh okay oh this kind ain't talking about no headache spirit I'm talking about a stronghold. Mm. Glory be to God. This kind goeth out only 
by prayer and fasting. I was teaching, I was teaching a class uh, with an ecumenical group of clergy and individuals from different denominations, sharing with them my experience doing ministry on the foreign soil. And I was telling them about the demonic manifestations that I experienced in Kenya and India and different places. Hallelujah. I remember we were just in India and Brother Joshua who travels with me would tell you one, one day in service in, in uh, Sudape. I mean, ministry was going on and demons were crying out of people all over the room. Outside, laying on the ground. And I shared these stories and one guy raised his hand and said to me, he says, well, Bishop Younger, don't you consider that this happens in those countries because of witch doctors and sorcery and black magic? And I looked at him and I said, nah. No, 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 no. No, it happens in those, those countries, not because of witch doctors and root workers. It happens in their church services because of the consecration of the saints. You think they got more demons than what we got? The Western church got more demons than any other country. The only issue is the demons in our church are comfortable. They can sing on the choir with no conviction. Oh, they can prophesy with no deliverance. But if we ever get consecrated, when I grew up in church, sinners didn't sit up front. They had a conviction. They had a reverence. And the word of knowledge was not a house is coming. The word of knowledge was I smell sin. Hey, but that's when people wanted to be right with God. Somebody throw up your hands and shout, I still want to be right with God. If we ever get consecrated, you'll see the people falling out in the floor and moving like snakes. If we ever get consecrated, oh my, nah, 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 yeah. I know this is primitive for some of y'all. I know, you see, y'all don't believe in Persian, but if we ever get consecrated, there's some things you can't cancel out, you have to cast out. And I'm not against counseling and therapy. I believe in counseling. I believe in therapy as an aftercare to deliverance. Take your medicine. But medicine sedates symptoms, but they don't deliver bodies. Where's the Pentecostal church at? Come on. Some of y'all looking at me. Where's the apostolic believers at? Where are the tongue talkers and the blood wash? Where's the Jesus name people that believe that them that uh, them in my name that believe shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. They shall cast out devils in my name. I need somebody to scream. Tell them ain't no devil standing in my house. I right now I command and I command a vacating of every demonic principle that's been trying to take over your house. Satan the blood. I need some intercessors right now. Satan the blood of the buckets of blood of Jesus against you. Get out of my I evict you right now in the name of Jesus. Take your nasty fingers out of the mind of my children. I Oh, I evict you right now. That spirit of perversion that's trying to take over our young girls. I rebuke you right now. Come back in your authority. Come back in your authority. We are the people of the name. Hey, come back in your authority. Jesus says, 
if you ever want to deal with this kind of devil, it's going to only happen when you get serious and you start praying and you start fasting. All right, my last point. What is, why do some of our prayers not be answered? Number one, the truth is some of us don't know how to pray. Number two, some of us pray amiss. Number, number three, some of us are not postured. And number four, the truth is, sometimes it's not your fault. Don't let anybody put a spirit of condemnation on you. Well, you know you done went through point one, point two, point three. You didn't check the boxes and you still ain't got your prayer answered. These are, hold on, this is spiritual. This is warfare. I'm sorry, I don't want to scare nobody, but of course, shut up. I need somebody to stretch out your hands and shout, This is warfare. Somebody said, Now, why did you tell us to stretch our hands out like that? I'm going to tell you why. Because in the book of Samuel, the Philistines would always come down after. Israelites had built up their harvest not before they would let them sow seed and do nothing they would let the seeds germinate and do nothing but as soon as it was harvest time they would come down with their horses and trample the field but David said there came a time where everybody else ran there was an intercessor called Shammah And he got in the middle. See, some of y'all think we jumping just to be jumping. But there's somebody in here. I'm getting in the middle for my family. I'm getting in the middle for my children. I'm saying, devil, not another generation. You're not going to rob this seed I planted, and you're not going to rob me. Somebody shout, it's warfare. It's warfare. There, uh, most of the time when we talk about uh, eschatology, we quickly go to the apocalyptic text of the book of Revelation, where some scholars call it John the Revelator. I, I do want to challenge that a little bit. I think that's a kind of misleading label. I don't believe John is the Revelator. I believe Jesus is the Revelator. Jesus reveals it to John. Because unless God give it to us, we ain't got nothing to give. Uh, the other day, it was yesterday, my intercessors from Lynchburg asked me, says, Bishop, what can we uh, pray for you for uh, for this week? I said, pray that I got something to say. I said, if I don't have nothing to say, I can't walk up to that podium. I don't have a message in my pocket. The Bible says man should not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeded, hallelujah, out of the mouth of God. He still told us to pray in Matthew chapter 6. He says, give us this day our daily bread stale bread will make you sick I want to know what is God saying for me right don't y'all miss this revival this week I'm, don't you miss this revival this week if you can stay up all night and watch Netflix be in revival this week because there's fresh word that's coming to your house I said there's fresh word that's coming to your house <laughs> Shama gets in the middle and I see this in the text sometime we don't get our answer because there's warfare going on. And we look at this warfare in the book of Revelation, in the apocalyptic text. But when we talk about the prophetic, even before John, there are Old Testament prophets that are speaking concerning the last days. 
and the days to come. You notice we don't talk about it a lot anymore. No, we don't really. No, when I was growing up in church, they preached about it all the time. Jesus is soon to come. You better get right. Jesus is soon to come. Now, maybe they were so heavy on Jesus is soon to come that we weren't being effective in right now, right? But the challenge is, now not only are we not talking about Jesus is soon to come, we don't want him to come. The early church was praying. Y'all kind of quiet over here. I'm, I'm, is it okay? <laughs> See, the, the, uh, the, the early church was praying prayers like, even come Lord Jesus. But see, we still, we still praying for a house. We still believe in God for a car. But somebody said, above all of that, oh, I want to see him. Hallelujah. The telos of my faith is one of these days, the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout and the voice of the archangel. I'm going to find my church in a minute. And the dead in Christ. And we that remain. I'm going to do this rapture test. Okay, yeah, it was just a test. It was just a test. We still here. So, anytime we talk about the prophetic, we lift up Isaiah, because Isaiah is an, we call him the eagle eye prophet. But sometimes when it deals with eschatology, I feel like we don't give enough credit to, to Daniel. Because when you read Daniel, Daniel is even talking about the time we're living in right now. No, I'm serious. You read Daniel chapter 7 verse 25. It tells us about the spirit of the Antichrist. And see, we were so consumed with the embodiment or the personality of the Antichrist that we missed the fact that the Antichrist would be a spirit in the world before it would ever be represented as a person. That's why evangelicals have always tried to name the Antichrist. People thought Saddam Hussein was the Antichrist. Then they tried to call Barack Obama the Antichrist. Now they didn't call the last one the Antichrist, but you see what I'm saying? People are always trying to name the Antichrist. Not realizing that the Antichrist system is already in the world. That's why some people, they didn't want to take the COVID shot and it's okay if you didn't, that's your own personal preference. Some of you don't want to give electronically because you're afraid of the Antichrist. But let me tell you something, before the Antichrist would ever be revealed in a person, the stage will already be set. You already got a credit card, you already got a social security number, you're a part of the system and you don't even know it. Tell your neighbor, it's already here. But you need to hear me what the spirit of the Antichrist is. Antichrist. Christ is not Jesus' last name. Christ means anointed one. So this spirit of Messiah or the Antichrist is the spirit that's attacking the anointed. I'm going to say this and I'm going to move very quickly. Why some of you with your cannibalistic spirit wants to share everything negative about the church. And you want to speak evil about every preacher. You need to be very, very, very careful. Because the enemy is coming after the messengers because he's trying to discredit the message. 
because the Bible says in 2 Chronicles chapter 20 verse 20 if you believe God you will be established but if you believe his prophets you shall prosper and when the enemy starts attacking the anointed it's because he's trying to rob us of our prosperity but God is looking for some sharpshooters that says you can talk about me but don't you put your mouth on my pastor don't you put oh y'all not saying that to me God used my pastor to preach me out of suicide step back because my prosperity is connected to the mouth of my prophet now some of you gonna think it's caught because you don't understand honor culture but if you got a good pastor I don't you may be a visitor if you got I don't say you have your pastor have to be perfect but if you got a good pastor I want you to open up your mouth and shout and let them know they can win like a warring army and declare anything that's set up against my leader it may come one way but it's got to flee seven ways I got you covered I got you covered I got you covered I got you the blood the blood the blood the blood and listen what Daniel says and I'm closing now Daniel says Daniel says no the enemy is coming against the anointed and this is what he's going to do. He's going to try to wear out the saints. This is why we need a time of consecration. Where we pull away from social media. We pull away from other distractions. Because you can't keep watching CNN. And it not wear you out. You can't keep watching Fox. And it not wear you out. You can't keep reading timelines on Facebook. And it not wear you out. Tell somebody it's a trick. It's a trick. It's a trick. Some, some of you are trying to be everybody's hero and it's wearing you out. You got to know when not even to answer the phone to some of your family members because it's wearing you out. So Daniel said, Daniel said, hold on. The enemy's trying to wear us out. He said, I'm going fast. Daniel is a prophet. He's a man of God. And he sees the necessity of fasting and praying. He prayed one day and fasted. Then it went into two days. Then it went into three days. Now we're seven days in. Then we're into day 15. Then we're at day 18. And Daniel is still fast and praying. Then he gets to day 21 and says, Whew, okay. Pray until you feel a release. I'm serious. Lock in, grab a hold to the horns of the altar, and pray until you feel a release. This is why you got to learn travailing prayers. And you got to learn seeking prayers. Now, let me tell you something. I'm a little progressive. I write out my prayers. I have devotional books. But there are times when I'm in warfare, you can't write this one out. See, I thought the saints were just old school and antiquated. Now, the older I get, 
I find myself sometimes getting down at the foot of my bed saying, Jesus, 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 See, we call it carrying. Hallelujah. I know y'all call it old school. Y'all said it don't matter. But there are times that I don't need to think so hard about what I'm praying about that I get locked into my thoughts and I'm not praying. Then he said, hold on, I'm good. And the Bible says when Daniel walked away, him and his armor bearers, all of a sudden they walked by the river and Daniel saw something. He saw a man, but this man was illuminated. His armor bearers, (laughs) I guess they hadn't really fasted and prayed with it. They ran for the bushes. Listen, the Bible said they ran for the bushes, but they didn't see anything. In other words, proximity to the presence don't mean you perceive properly. Just because you're in proximity. This, this is why. This is why I'm telling you. I realize that everybody that's sitting in here right now are not going to get it today. But there is a group of people in this room that says, I may not understand all the words you're saying, but I feel a witness in my spirit. Because some things have to go past your intellect and hit your spirit. That's why the old church says, I don't have a lot of information, but I got a feeling that everything I feel, oh, everything is going to be all right. Tell somebody, tell them, don't miss the revival, don't miss the revival. We in it, we in it right now. He sees this individual that he knows is not a regular person. And the very first thing this angelic being says to Daniel, says, Daniel, you're loved by God. And maybe some of us need to hear that. Because we're so accustomed to being used that sometimes we forget that we're loved. <laughs> tell, your, tell your family near you, tell them you're not just used by God. You are loved by God. He needs to know that because Daniel at this time is almost like 84 years old. And when you can't do for people like you used to do for people, the phone will stop ringing. When you stop paying the bills for them, that's why you got to be careful how you dismiss people who've been committed to you because somebody new came into your life. Y'all act like I'm saying cuss words in here. You're loved by God. Daniel, I mean, Daniel falls out. I mean, the angel like, gotta say, all right, come on, get, get yourself together. He's shaking because when you really get in the presence of God, when people tell me like, is all that stuff y'all doing church is real? I'd be like, look, all I can tell you is if you ever open yourself up to God, Daniel is standing here saying, you're loved by God. I'm loved by God. I've been praying for days. And I'm loved by God. I've been fasting for days. And I'm loved by God. He said, yeah, yeah. I need to tell you something, Daniel. Y'all family, so I can do my shaking and all that stuff. I don't worry, you know. I'm going to tell you something, Daniel. What? He heard you the first time. 
take this out. He, whoo! He, because when time starts moving and God ain't answering, it'll make you start feeling rejected. It'll make you feel like you missed your moment. It'll make you think God changed his mind. But the angel of the Lord says, he heard you the first time. I need you to lay hands on your neighbor's shoulder tell him, he heard you the first time. The first time you opened up your mouth. The first time you lifted up your hands. The first time you bent your knees. He heard you the first time. He says, I was on my way with your answer. But when I was coming with your answer, something held me up. It was the prince of Persia. I can imagine Daniel said, I know who the king of Persia is. But who is the prince? This was a principality in a different realm. I come to tell somebody here this afternoon that that you're wrestling against something in another realm. But the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. I want you to grab your neighbor by the hand and say, Oh, neighbor, shout, Oh, neighbor, he's fighting for you. The Bible said I started fighting against this prince, trying to hold up your answer until God sent Michael, because the Bible says he'll give angels charge over you. If any man come to God, he's got the first belief that God is and he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Put your hand on your neighbor's shoulder and tell him keep on praying. The Lord is nigh. Don't stop praying. He'll hear your cry. The Lord has promised. His word is true. Don't stop praying. He'll answer you. I need you to find somebody that you know that got your back and tell them thank you for praying for me. Thank you for covering me. There was an old song that declared somebody prayed for me. Had me on their mind. Took the time to pray for me. I'm so glad, so glad they pray. I'm glad they pray for me. Daniel, Michael been fighting for you. Tell your neighbor that all of heaven is backing you up. One shall fall at thy side. Ten thousand at thy right hand. But it will not come on thee. Run out of your seat and tell somebody it's on the way. Tell somebody it's on the way. Your answer 
is on the way. What do I do in the meantime? Lay hands on somebody and tell them you got a superpower. It's called waiting. I waited patiently on the Lord and he heard me. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew, renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like an eagle's. They shall walk and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Tell somebody, wait on it. Wait on it. It's on the way. How long has it been coming? 21 days. In other words, your prayers is connected to your warfare. Your fasting is connected to your warfare. Run to three people and said, I swear to you, by the word of God, it's coming to you. It's coming to your house. He heard you. 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 The first time. So in the meantime, praise him. Why it's being delivered. Shout. Why it's being delivered. Scream. Why it's been delivered. Begin to leap. Why it's been delivered. It's on the way. Tell the people of your section, tell them, snap out of it. It's on the way. Get out of your feelings. It's on. What am I trying to say? It won't be long from now. from now the first two times was practice I want you to just lock arms with somebody right quick Whew. tell your neighbor say neighbor there's something that you prayed for on January the 1st Tell him you got an assignment. Praise God for what's about to be released by January the 21st. We there, already there. See, you already there. You already got it. You all. You already. It's already. One, two, press up. What you trying to say, Bishop? Today is January. What's today? You came into the new year declaring it. But I declare to you that this is time sensitive. 
Now listen, I know we don't all praise God the same way, but tell the people in your section, tell them you got to do something. You got to. If you ain't got no praise by now, you need to enter to another section. If you ask God for a small thing, I'm going to give you 30 seconds to give God a small praise. But if you've been asking God for a hard thing, for the next 30 seconds, I want you to give him the best praise. You Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Bible says man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. I pray that you are blessed by the message today. And if you want to continue to get more inspirational, motivational, and even more gospel messages, I encourage you to follow our YouTube channel or subscribe to our podcast. And today we want to give you an opportunity to partner what we're doing domestically here at our local church and what we're doing all over the world. There are ways to give. And remember, when you sow, that seed may leave your hand, but it'll never leave your life. The Bible declares to us that when we sow, seeds are connected to harvest. Well, I want you to remember that I know what it feels like to cry until you have no more tears left to cry. But after you finish crying, don't stop. Get up and keep going.